Welcome to a brand new episode of Sequel Rights, the podcast where we take a look at the franchises that make you go, they made how many of those? And we give each and every sequel a fair trial. My name is Justin Camps and I'm here with Elizabeth Helley and Whale Boy Tyler Hymanson. Oh, welcome, Whale Boy. <laughs> Were you on the National Enquirer last week? It's, yes, I was. That was me. There's a Whale, whale Boy, boy. <laughs> born in Glendale. <laughs> um... Well, we are here and very excited about the Sequel Rights first annual Whale Wednesday. <laughs> whale Wednesday! Yay! <laughs> we'll be celebrating Whale Wednesday for the next four weeks because we are talking free willy. We've had our fill of meatballs. Like We, got, uh, we actually got sick eating so many. We did. Honestly. Yes. Uh, and we are here to talk whales. <laughs> uh <laughs> That's our buddy there chiming in. Um, yeah, so uh, Free Willy uh, you 19. You are my buddy. <laughs> no, no. No, 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 no. 1993. Um, I mean, I'm excited to talk about this movie. And we have a you know super exciting episode for you guys uh, because uh, at the end of this episode, we uh, have an interview with the director of Free Willy himself, Simon Winsor. Um, he was... Uh, Gracious enough to give us his time and all the way from Australia to have a great conversation with us. And uh, we hope you guys stick around. There's some really fun stories. Uh, Absolutely. You're yeah, not going to want to miss. Incredible conversation. <laughs> yeah. Um, but without further ado, let's hear that trailer. Imagine if the world you lived in, the space you breathed in, freedom you played in was suddenly taken away. Imagine if the only person who knew how you felt was a boy who felt it too. You really like him, huh? Yeah. Gotcha. In a world where beauty is held captive. Miss your family? It takes a special friend. Willie doesn't have a problem with me. Ah! We appreciate each other. Looks like Willie's got himself a soulmate. To set you free. What's the matter? Whale's still not performing. We're getting deep. I'm sorry. Uh, that was, uh, we don't normally play that long of a trailer, but as I was listening to it, it's just so funny. It's been like six months since we started playing the trailers live, and it, this is the first time that someone actually exclaimed <laughs> yeah, during it, Tyler. You might have heard Tyler go, what? <laughs> Way to editorialize. <laughs> uh, this, I knew what I was doing. <laughs> you guys ever watch Xavier Renegade Angel? Yes. On Adult Swim? I was cracking up listening to this trailer because the guy doing the voice sounds just like him. Yes, And he's he like talking the same way like, and life is special. <laughs> it's a boy. It's up to a boy <laughs> to free Willy. <laughs> oh, God. This is uh, so funny. But The only hey, person who understands you <laughs> is a boy. Ugh. And his <laughs> really. I mean, wait, no. All right, moving on. <laughs> the movie's about a whale. Is it? I thought it was about a boy named no. Willie. Nope. Oh. No, that's about a boy. <laughs> yeah, which I wish I, I knew more about because then I could have made a contextual joke, but I don't. So Well, we wouldn't have gotten it. So yeah. What a nostalgia trip watching this movie. Yeah. Um, I actually hadn't seen it for quite some time, but mm -hmm. I remember... 
I don't know if I actually saw it in theaters growing up. I feel like we probably rented it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't remember either. What year did it come out? 93. So okay. I definitely could have seen it. I don't know when I saw it, but I definitely saw it. And it was just like, this thing was, I mean, this was like back when the zeitgeist was more universal. And I feel like this thing was just everywhere. Yeah, there was like one movie yeah. a weekend. Like every, <laughs> like yeah. every kid like knew about this. And there were so many like teachable moments that they were like, oh, kids like this movie. Let's incorporate it into science and let's all talk about orcas all the time. Maybe it's also because like, I don't know, I grew up here in Southern California. We're like closer to the ocean. And so it was like field trip to the aquarium or whatever, since you all care about free willy now or, you know, whatever. Yeah. But. The, uh, the blue whale market and gray whale market really took a hit on this one. Like no, <laughs> no one's talking about that. There was no trending hashtags for, uh, well, blue whales, <laughs> blue whale wasn't jumping over those, that, that, that jetty. It was killer happening. whales were all the rage. Yeah. All they do is eat Pinocchio. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, anti, we're anti blue whale. They don't even swallow because yeah, we're pro Pinocchio. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, this one this was all over the place. I you know I remember people having like free willy stuffed animals, and even at the zoo they would have like they didn't have an orca at my zoo, but they would have those <laughs> those stuffed animals no matter what. Um, we had a bunch of dolphins that they trapped at a casino in Las Vegas aye, aye, aye. Oh, boy. at the Mirage. I don't know. Did you guys have the Scholastic Book Fair? Oh, yeah. Oh, heck school? Yeah. I feel like uh, Keiko the Whale and Free Willy was a big uh, proponent of youth books or mm-hmm. novelizations. Mm-hmm. And so th- that was a lot of options there, too. I know mm-hmm. I had a coloring book for sure. I know that Ralph was running away at some point. Um that was a runaway Ralph joke for nobody. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Sorry. Uh, he's a hamster who rides a motorcycle. I'm sorry. Um, Sounds vaguely familiar. I feel like this movie, like speaking of how zeitgeisty it was, like I feel like it came, like, I feel like at my parents' house, there's still a Disney-style puffy VHS mm. clamshell case for mm-hmm. this for this yeah. movie that we owned. So like, you, you don't get the puffy VHS clamshell case unless you are iconic unless you're rescuers down under iconic. that's true that's I true love that movie <laughs> anyway <laughs> uh the film stars jason james richter uh as jesse yeah <laughs> the has... one name he doesn't have that starts with a <laughs> yeah, j <exactly>. jj <laughs> jesse richter <laughs> and uh he's just you know living his life on the street in the beginning of this movie that's right pretty sad pretty sad He's like I I do like that they make his street urchin life semi realistic, I guess. Like he has a social worker. Like the trouble that they're getting into is like nominal. Yeah, and like when they're when they're I, the part of it that I like is when they're actually doing graffiti, which is the inciting it's in this whole movie. They they graffiti up the whale tank there. Mm-hmm. It's like they're kind of just doing it not like they don't realize that they're damaging any property. No, really. they're just like, do these cans work? Yeah, oh, they're just kind of like fucking around. Mean? And I think that that worked really, really well. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It looked to me like it was already graffitied before they even yeah. added everything, but it got all it all got pegged on him. Yeah, for, for so sure. I don't know. But yeah, I think it's just like in the beginning, you know, they're doing like homeless kid, poor kid hijinks or whatever. But then, like, I think the scene where I was like, wow, this is, like, weirdly realistic more than you would expect was when they, like, steal the food scraps from a restaurant. Like, they steal, like, half-eaten sandwiches and, like, 
garnish lettuce and stuff like that, which is like really sad. I mean, it wasn't like a glorified Aladdin situation, you know, right. where he was like doing like, oh, like, we're so cool. We're stealing. We're good at this. You know, it was like, no, I'm literally just taking pieces of a sandwich. Like, I just lifted this $14 cappuccino. Yeah. So I, that, <laughs> For that you. Sad. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah and the, I mean, it was cool once they stole the wedding cake. That was a little bit more realistic. But the fact that before that they had stolen like gross scraps was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I think it's at least I'll, it's at least trying to make the effort to make it feel realistic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even before that, though, I think we're we're first introduced to uh, Willie, right? In the uh, out in the wild. Yeah. You see like a the, the DVD scenes call it whale ballet. And so yes. you see a bunch of scenes of the whales out in the wild, but then you see how he gets captured. Yeah. They had, um, you know, a famous, uh, you know, nature photographer, Bob Talbot doing the cinematography mm-hmm. for all mm. the, uh, for all the wildlife scenes with the other whales and stuff. And it's actually like some pretty great, pretty great. Uh, it's yeah. It's gorgeous. Footage. Which is like, I guess it's before like Disney nature and all that stuff. So it's like, it's kind of the first time that you'd see, probably for me when I was six, yeah, like this, sure. this beautiful scenic whales on a big screen like that. Yeah. It was pretty majestic. And then uh, Willie gets captured by a uh, classical <laughs> literature reference. You couldn't and... escape the net. <laughs> Did you, you had the DVD, Elis? Uh, yes, I got it from the Los Angeles Public Library. Did you put... If you saw the sequel rights Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Did it come with the Escape the Net DVD game? No. What? What? Oh, my God. There was, like, a stupid Flash game on the... <laughs> on the... Oh, was, was yours the gold anniversary edition? Yeah, mine was uh, the anniversary okay. Mine was not. That was only available at 20 of the 40 locations that oh. had this DVD. The closest one to me was Chinatown, so I went there, and it was only the regular DVD. Well, there's this hilarious uh, game called Escape the Net, and it's not like the internet, obviously. In case <laughs> you want the planet. <laughs> Willie's got to escape the net. <laughs> um, <laughs> Willie knows kung fu. It's basically, like, it's basically like a digital whale swimming forwards, and you have to push up. Up, down, left, or right to avoid stuff. And, and I you kept, were using your DVD menu yeah, controller? I was. And I kept doing it wrong because I didn't know what the heck I was going on. It's like too easy, you know? And so you're, I, sa- you're saying that you couldn't escape the net either. So. I couldn't escape the net. Uh, and when you fail, it makes this hilarious. I meant to record it, but I didn't get a chance. But it, go, it's, it pops up on the screen that says, oh, no. And it goes, <laughs> bam, bam. <laughs> like... I'm like, I need to use that for a new, like, failure noise for the, <laughs> the tagline game. <laughs> Maybe I'll get it for next week. Maybe. Sure. But that was a fun DVD special feature detour. Are we playing that game this week? <laughs> we might be. Okay. Uh, okay. Just have to wait and find out. So, Jesse gets caught graffitiing the whale tank. And luckily, the people he's about to be placed with don't care. <laughs> They're like, whatever. We'll take him. So he goes I, to live with them. I do like his social worker, like who who like we meet him before we meet his his foster parents, and like he's basically saying like, look, I give a shit about you, mm-hmm. like, but like I'm kind of done with you. Like he's mm-hmm. like, you are on, you're young enough that you have chances, and these people actually want to take you in. You're a good kid, but you're very much on the edge of becoming of going to jail and being lost to the system kind of mm-hmm. like I feel like that he plays he's pretty straight up with him and I don't think that you really see that in like he's it's not like this really loving caring thing but you can tell that he really cares mm-hmm. I, I I like his performance I think it's great he should have offered him some shrimp <laughs> he's very hungry what type of shrimp any type of shrimp shrimp scampi fried shrimp <laughs> popcorn shrimp no oh, 
Uh, can we talk a little bit about the the people involved in this movie, the cast and everything? Yeah, they've yeah. been in every movie that we've already I was, reviewed. I was going to say this star nineties. Yeah, I, Jake Busey was in the whale suit. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I think this is the most sequel rights crossover we've ever had. Yeah, because there's four, four people I think, right, that are uh, have been involved in previous films. I wrote three, but I couldn't remember. You're probably missing the composer. No, uh, I wrote, that's one I did write down. Oh, okay, but go ahead and talk about him. Uh, the composer Basil uh, Polidorus, mm-hmm. um, he did the score for Starship Troopers. This score, I love it. It's so like '90s family movie. It's mm-hmm. good. Like the main hook is really good, um, but yeah, it's so it's such like a nice like oh, I'm watching a family it's film like a really score, good, sweeping, sweet like yeah. Simple and I like that score, they yeah. like constantly use it in different ways throughout the movie. Like mm-hmm. the kid will play it on the harmonica. And then when they had like a carnival, they had like a carnival version yeah. <laughs> of the same score. I was like, that's funny. It was great. Yeah. I mean, this is definitely uh, a soundtrack I had on cassette. Uh, oh, me too. So we, sure. so we had Michael Madsen, Michael Madsen coming back. Species. Oh, from species. That's who I forgot. Oh, there yeah. you go. Michael okay. Madsen. Yeah. Okay. So the composer, who else? I don't. We have August Schellenberg from yep. Tremors Four. Okay, the legend Tacoma. begins. Yeah. <laughs> and then we also have another Starship Troopers. Yeah, back. Michael Ironside. Oh, Michael Ironside with both right. arms intact. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a mustache twirling whale hater villain. That's right. <laughs> and August Schellenberg is like the mystic uh, Native American trope here. Yeah, he's the Tacoma think, of this movie. I yeah. think that he's like. Decent. I, I feel like of like uh, how most of these movies treat that character. I think mm-hmm. this movie treats that character pretty well. Yes, he's oh, a little yeah, bit better. Sure. It's not like he yeah. himself has the magical powers. He just talks about his like this legend of his people. Yeah, and, and he has a dope house. Yeah, and and he's kind of like I'm not going to take shit from these people. Mm-hmm. And like I and he has a cool supersonics hat. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> you would like that. It's better than uh, Burkhamer's. Falcon's hat. Mm, fair. Hawks. Fair. Sorry. And then, like, Lori Petty is in this movie, and I'm, you know, in the progress right now of binging the last season of Orange is the New Black, where she's, like, an insane character. So, like, <laughs> seeing her here, I was like, oh, she could, like, be super normal, like, just a regular yeah. person instead of, like... She's like the nice mom. She's, like, the conspiracy theory oh, no, um, schizophrenic person in Orange is the New Black. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, the I mom mean, is the lady from uh, House of Cards. Right, yeah. Right. Which, like, one of the uh, uh, IMDb trivias is, like, this movie stars two of uh, the main actresses from Netflix's biggest shows. <laughs> what? Um, obviously, that was written, like... By a Netflix PR intern. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to look back right here really quick to find the order. But, like, Lori Petty, like, this is right when she was in everything. Because um, I believe it was Point Break, then this, then Tank Girl. Mm. I don't know. I could have sworn that Richard Real was in one of the toasters or one of the other things because I could have sworn I remembered talking about him, but I then couldn't find it. Oh yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry. It goes Point Break, League of Their Own, Free Willy. Uh, um, that's pretty. Is, that's a pretty good run, right? It's there. a pretty good run. Yeah, yeah. I think the, these people when they're in this movie, they're at the height of like they are giant stars. At mm-hmm, this point. Mm-hmm. And uh, they really uh, they pulled it off with this one. Um, so the main story here, Jesse gets caught because he gets blamed for the, uh, all the graffiti on the whale tank, but he doesn't snitch. No, he takes the full blame himself because yeah. he's just so great. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, 
Yeah, so his punishment is that he's got to go to this uh, amusement park and uh, clean up the whale tank for the mm-hmm. summer. Mm-hmm. And all they give him is one dry sponge and no cleaning agents. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they're like, you know what to do with this? Or do I need to show you? <laughs> he's just scratching the metal. Like, the paint's not coming off at all. They like, give him a bucket and some rubber gloves. I, I, well, like, there's a later scene, though, where it's just a dry sponge. And it, like, <laughs> doesn't even have any, like, chemicals. It's like, Jess- how do you expect him to do that? Jesse invented the magic eraser. <laughs> <laughs> he's Jesse clean. Oh, man. Uh, and uh, <laughs> he gets reintroduced to uh, the real star of the show, Keiko. Keiko. Playing Willie. Correct. Oh, and he's so cute. Well, Keiko's a girl. She's so cute. Willie is a boy. And I don't know. I guess maybe they thought, like, maybe the female whale was the only one they could get for whatever reason, but they wanted the character to be a boy really bad. I don't think Keiko's a girl. Really? Wikipedia says it's a a male. Yeah. They just gave it the name Keiko? I guess. (laughs) She... She or he. Uh, it says was a male orca who played yeah. Willie. Yeah. So he, he had a lot of different names. Um, <laughs> he was, they, they renamed him a lot. Yeah. Very, very cool. Um, but yeah, and they, uh, you know, they start to bond a little bit. We hear that mm-hmm. Willie is just like, doesn't want to do tricks for anyone. Because his whole point is that he's supposed to be the big star mm-hmm. of the show, but nobody can get him to, nobody can train him. It's an impossible right. task. And so we see at that in parallel with Jesse being a real dick to his foster parents, mm-hmm. like really not appreciating anything that they're doing. They're being incredibly nice. And then um, he just basically rebukes them in every way, shape and form. Same as Willie to all of his trainers. That's right. Yeah. And there's one scene where they're, um, like examining Willie or whatever. And Lori Petty kind of like goes on a shouting rant, like in the background, like, and you like, if you listen to it, she says everything that like makes the fact that this whale is here, like, okay, but it's not really like focused on. She's just kind of like rambling and she's like, well, you caught him when it was too big to be caught. And then you didn't do it the right way. And you put it in the crappy place. And then I bought it here. I told you this wouldn't work. And I told you you shouldn't have done it this way and blah, blah, blah. And so then you're like, okay, well, none of these people had anything to do with like the fact that this whale is being, you know, here and, and that it's not being done appropriately. You know, like she's like, I told you X, Y, and Z and you did it anyway. So now I'm just trying to help it have the best life possible, Mm -hmm. I guess. And I like with her character too, is that she is trying to be a marine biologist. Like she's going in process of going to school. So she doesn't even necessarily want to be doing training Mm -hmm. or, or putting on this show or being in this amusement park, but it's just, she wants to be close to the animals and, yeah, that's the best you can manage, mm-hmm. um, which is very nineties. <laughs> yeah, I like that the uh, like all of the um, you know the crew that works at the amusement park seem very respectful of Willie, and it's really only the you know kind of like the suits or the corporate the, guys, the insane boss who owns yeah, this. the owners that are really trying to push Willie to do Captain stuff Planet villain come to life, Michael Irons. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, he's perfect for this. Yeah. He's perfect. Which, uh, there's another IMDb trivia thing that was like, they the role was originally offered to Jack Nicholson, <laughs> Nicholson uh, but he turned it down because there wasn't enough money. <laughs> uh, they, they cut out, like, in the world. There, was, yeah. there wasn't enough money in the world. <laughs> that would have been so funny. My brain uh, was like, don't say Jack Nicholas, he's the golfer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't want to do it at all. <laughs> 
Um, so the whole, yeah, you know, Tyler's talking about Jesse being super, you know, acting like a total asshole to his, you know, foster parents who are just trying to help him. And, and, uh, you know, one of my favorite scenes, um, in the movie is like when you start to see like a little bit of spark of like life and Mm -hmm. happiness in, uh, Jesse, when he starts to, um, find that like, Oh, he, he is really interested in this whale and he like is, enjoys taking care of yeah, it. Yeah. He enjoys yeah. it and he's excited about learning. And there's this great scene between him and Randolph where Randolph starts to tell him the story, you know, that has been passed down. Oh, this is my favorite cut in the movie. Yeah. Of, of, uh, of the cut. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, this, you know, story of you know, this native American story of a whale. And I can't remember the character's name in the story. Oh yeah. I don't know. Um, but basically just the legend of, of where the, the whales came yeah, from. And, and it's, it's like, creation, it's a creation myth. Yeah, totally. And it's like this super amazing, like respectful mm-hmm. story and everything. And there's an amazing cut. Like yeah. Tyler was talking about where like Randolph is reciting the story and then it cuts like instantly to Jesse reciting the rest of the story to uh, his foster mom. mom. And yeah, it's so, it's just like, Oh yeah. It, it and you can just so see good. the joy. Yeah. And he's like really excited. And I was like, ah, this is a, that, that was a great scene. I really liked that. The power of storytelling. Mm-hmm. So good. Uh, I think it's before that when he starts coming around, but I love Michael Madsen. Cause like they, they have a, a, a really interesting dynamic where uh, his foster mom is very, very loving. And, and Michael Madsen seems maybe a little bit distant. Like he runs like a mechanic shop or whatever. And there's a scene where he goes out and wants to play catch with Jesse and uh, he says, yeah, the social worker, you know, wanted me to give you some rules, but I've always kind of been a rule breaker. Uh, so why don't you t- why don't you give me one? And Jesse's like, oh, give me five bucks like every week. <laughs> and, and he's like, OK, cool. What else? And Jesse's like, ah, I got money. <laughs> and he's like, OK, well, while you're thinking like you need you need to be home by seven o'clock every night and in bed by 10 and at the breakfast table the first thing in the morning. And it's like I love like the character development of that scene. And how loving and caring he is in his own specific way. It's like, it's really great work from Michael Madsen. And yeah. Like yeah. really good. You can, you can tell he's playing like, he's not like playing the stern dad, but he's also yeah. not like super emotional. Right. Yeah. He's totally, like you said, he's totally distant, but you can still tell through his performance that like he really cares. He really cares. And he's trying to engage in the way that like, he's like, not like the, crafty. Yeah. He's not like the foster dad. And what was that? Ch- Child's play too. Who's just like, what? Can't we take this? Yeah. Kid that's back? like the like, normal yeah. foster dad. I also just saw the, uh, the hunt for the wilder people where oh, Sam, yeah. oh, Sam yeah. Neil too. It was like, I, my wife wanted this me. kid. Yeah. I don't want this. You know, like that's the typical foster dad we've, thing. We've dealt with a lot of orphans on sequel. Rides. Yeah. It's common. <laughs> it's common, sadly. But yeah, he he does a great job in this movie. Yeah, I, I love of that writing scene. that line. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, what else? Uh, I mean, so yeah, they start. You know, Jesse and Willie start developing this like relationship, and it turns out that the only person Willie will work with is Jesse and his dope campfire harmonica skills. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I love how he's like he's an orphan and he's seven, but he plays like a. Oh, he's not seven. He's like he's a t- or pre teenager, and yeah, and he. Uh, uh, but he plays the harmonica like a nineteen twenties hobo. Yeah, he picked it up. I was gonna say he picked it up from his hobo life. Yeah. Of course, <laughs> we got to keep him entertained at night somehow. Around the garbage fire. Yep, <laughs> that's so sad. Go down to the Hooverville. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so th- th- I think that the movie takes its time building this bond. I think it works really, really well. I think that Jesse's performance is fantastic. Um, especially for a kid, like we've dealt with a lot of annoying kids on sequel rights as well. And I think that he's 
largely, I don't think there's any scene where I'm like, ugh. Yeah, like, oh, God. Yeah. Annoying kid. No, I don't think so. I don't think, I can't think of one. If we had to pick one, what's the most annoying scene from Jesse? It's probably when he's just like, no, fuck you, mom and dad. Yeah, when he throws the baseball out of yeah. the glass window. Yeah. Yeah. I love that when they they introduce him to his room and it's like the most amazing view, view in like the world. Windows yeah. on two, like full, like floor to ceiling, basically windows on two walls of his room. Of the coast. Like, with yeah, an incredible yeah, exactly. view. Yeah. <laughs> the sun setting. It's freaking lucky. And he goes and breaks one of them. Although it was interesting because when he broke the window, he didn't like run away or anything. He just started crying in the bed. And then when they came up, he just said like, I'm sorry, I was scared. Like, which is like yeah. weird. Like, like you wouldn't expect that from that scene. Like I, I, yeah. like, I hate you. I don't want to live here. But he was just like, I'm, I was scared. You guys were fighting and I thought you were going to send me away and I got scared. Like, yeah. which is like, damn. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's real. That's a very honest answer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So I guess it's maybe time that we start talking about my favorite scene in this movie. Yes. What's his What's his friend's name? Which friend? I don't remember. Jesse's oh. uh, street rat friend. <sighs> I, 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 I didn't write remember. down their names. I only have. I don't. I don't names. remember what it was. But uh, so he basically uh, finds out that that Jesse's like still at this park, and uh, I don't think he's been offered the job yet because. But well, well, we can say that. So like Jesse ends up cleaning everything up, and then wants to stay there, and they offer him a job uh, because he just wants to. St- Day around Willie and everything else. And so his someone from his past life comes around and is like, hey, man, like, I'm selling drugs with this drug dealer. You should sell drugs with me. And he's like, no, like, I'm good. Like, I'm fine. You know, whatever. Oh, man. And then and then he's like, okay, well, like, you know, and then he's like, do I have to worry about the cops? He's like, no, I didn't snitch. Then he comes back later and he's like, oh, it's like, shit's getting bigger. You know, you should come with me. You should come with me. Uh, we're, we're, we're traveling to California. And he's like, no, 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 I can't do that. You know, I, I think I think it was good. He's like, well, you, you snooze, you lose, bud. But if you want to come up with me, you can meet me here. And he hands him a postcard to <laughs> Venice Beach. <laughs> <laughs> with two girls in French bikinis on rollerblades. <laughs> yeah, it's his Santa Fe, and he's going there. <laughs> it's so fucking good. It's so, I love, like, I think that as a kid, I was like, oh, like, that's where he's going. I think as an adult, like, it's... <laughs> You're like, oh, buddy, don't. It's like, you know don't. what Calif- Southern California needs is prepubescent teens to come down and sell drugs from the Pacific Northwest, because yeah. God knows we don't have any we adults have, selling drugs no, here. We have none nope. of those. Nope. <laughs> you need... You, you want to come find me? You can find me here. It's I think that like, that guy started the vape culture here. I think <laughs> <laughs> I, like, that's what he did. <laughs> it's like the scene from Cool Runnings where he's like, "I'm going to live here." It's like that's Buckingham Palace. <laughs> <laughs> that scene was really funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you want to know about him? Yes, I'd love to know uh, about your him. child star check-in. I guess in this movie he's credited as Stephen bucciolato but uh his name is michael bacall now or that's what he goes by now and he um wrote scott pilgrim and the jump street movies and is an actor in Damn. like grindhouse and inglorious bastards and Django, and like uh he's in in that whole scene that's um, insane and he's in like joseph gordon levitt's like crew oh yeah so. so he only worked on some of my favorite movies uh, yeah so. he's all cool <laughs> That's uh, that's pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. That really, uh, you know, we don't often get uh, happy ending child star check-in stories, no. so I'm well, glad. Hey, what's the story with Jesse? 
Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he he does more movies, and then he takes a break for like 10 years. He comes back around um, 2010 and starts doing like a lot of small budget um, independent films, like a lot of horror stuff, and starts like, you know, doing more and more. And then uh, he like just this past in 2018 he got in a domestic dispute with his girlfriend and was accused of abusing her and breaking down her door and basically he ended up like saying that this was bogus but that he pled no contest to the vandalism charge because he did break the door and he paid 24 dollars to have it repaired and uh, now he has to attend 56 weeks of domestic violence uh, counseling yikes yeah. yeah I but he still says he didn't hit her. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, I, I discovered that uh, when I was like, hey, we should see. I wonder who we should have on the podcast as a guest maybe. And I was like, oh, maybe we'll see if the actor who played Jesse uh, is doing anything. And I looked that up and I was like, mm, yeah, oh, He's doing not. 56 weeks of domestic <laughs> violence. He, he's yeah. a little bit busy. Too busy for us, I think. And then um, his other two friends, Isaiah Malone, who was the uh, – black kid that was with him um he now is like a fitness trainer and amateur rapper he's got a youtube channel yeah he posts a lot of those workout like nike pictures on instagram Uh yeah Mm, um and then danielle harris who's the girl that was with them uh she was the main character in halloween four five and 2007 halloween uh the other remake. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she'll be back for Halloween ends. Well, Woo! apparently she's been like tweeting a lot and complaining that she like wasn't asked to be in those and how all the fans want to see her on screen with Jamie Lee Curtis, apparently, according to her. <laughs> all the fans oh, want yeah. the fans. Everyone. Um, but all, weirdly, uh, she's friends with Alex Vincent from Child's Play. They're friends. Oh. Uh, she was on his podcast recently. And um, she has a small role in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I guess. Mm, which nice. I haven't seen yet, but I think you did. I've seen, but Just I don't, I don't I know I've who not she seen was. not recognize her? No, sorry. <laughs> There's lots of girls in certain parts. <laughs> it's something something about her being pregnant. Because her tweet was like, even though I was pregnant, they found a, a small role for me. Oh, hmm. I don't know. I'd have to look back at the names. Anyways. Her name is Danielle Harris. Oh, yeah, I'll figure it out. Anyways, that's it because there's only four kids in this movie. Only four kids. I don't know why I thought there was like a ton of kids. Yeah. I think that might be because doesn't the Michael Jackson music video have a bunch of kids like standing mm, on the thing? Not, not not that it was on the DVD. Oh, okay. Then never mind. One. But yeah, I don't know <laughs> was why. Was that the Flash game version of the... No, I wish. For some reason, I thought he had like a bunch of friends. So there's just like me remembering it incorrectly. I mean, maybe it's one of the other movies. I don't that, know. That could be. That could be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I also too thought like that the kids were going to carry through a little bit more cause I hadn't seen the movie in a long time, so I mm-hmm. couldn't remember. Um, but they disappear pretty early on in the movie. I, I do like the temptation. Like the, this script is structured incredibly well of when Jesse finally has some engagement that his friend comes in and say like, Hey man, like we're, we, we're going somewhere else. Like you can, you can pull up roots and go with us. And he's like, no, like I got something here and it's not his foster family and it's not, everything else it's the thing that he's interested in and I, yeah. I think that that is really powerful and him kind of not realizing that and him learning that is is something that i didn't have the intelligence as a child to to kind of process but i had the emotional like empathy to to kind of understand what was going on there yeah you're probably you're probably not like actively going like oh this is the theme but like you're you're as a kid seeing like 
this kid discover a passion and yeah. like get validation for like working hard at something. And mm-hmm. you're like, Oh man, I could do something like that too. Like that could be me, you know? And I could, I, I could find my cool thing that no one else does. And I think the scene in this movie that I, again, I don't think would be in a, a modern movie is where he finds out that really, really likes a salmon. Correct. It's a, it's a certain type of fish. He goes to the fish market. It's, it's a really funny shot. Uh, it's basically one of those things where it's like the Pike's Place market where everyone's throwing fish. Yeah. <laughs> and he just runs up and like intercepts it. He's like, like yoink. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> get back here. And then, and then, and then runs away. But it's like, he's doing the thing that only thing that he knows stealing to, to support, you know, this thing that he's, he's passionate about. And I don't know if that would happen. Like, in a modern movie, it'd be like, oh, well, now I'm past all that street rat stuff. And it's like, he's still a kid who doesn't know any better. Like, mm-hmm. he's just like, oh, let me just steal this fish. Well, it's funny because the the fish seller later, when he finds out that it's for the whale, he's like, ah, you stole this fish from me and I should charge you more. But, eh, whatever. Here's yeah. some more fish for the whale. You know? <laughs> yeah, that was great. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I, that scene is fun. Like, it's true to his identity. I think that that's something with that this movie really tries to do is not talk down to kids and not talk down to its main character. Like it's, it's all kind of from his perspective Mm -hmm. and with the ups and downs and allows him to kind of be shitty and allows him to be human. Yeah. And it's not like he was just doing that for no reason because like Lori Petty was saying like the fish that corporate is sending, like more than half of it is not usable to feed to Willie because it's either too crappy or not the right kind or whatever. And she says like, it's expensive. Like it's like you, so it's not like he knows like, I'm just stealing this worthless fish. It's like, no, it's like, it's the fish that they cannot afford. Yeah. Yeah. Fresh caught today. Yeah. Really good fish. Willie likes the good fish. (laughs) Willie like the good fish. You live in the good life. Um, so, yeah, eventually it turns out that there's an insurance fraud scheme where Michael Ironside wants to kill the whale to collect the insurance money. I, I love how this comes about because, like, he sees Jesse being able to like, make the whale do tricks once. Mm-hmm. And then they apparently take out a giant merchandising. They're, they're selling this whale. This is our chance. Yeah, they're selling, they're selling <laughs> whale T-shirts. and like The, the, the Willie Show, the Willy right? Show. Is that what they said it was? Yeah, yeah. the Willie Show. I was like, and, there's a marketing blitz. <laughs> the Willie show. And it's the, uh, and then it cuts to it, and it's allegedly the first performance. Mm-hmm. And Willie is not down because there's, like, there's hordes of children banging yeah. on the ground. I don't think they I would even be addressed, down either. They never even addressed that, like, that was the reason he couldn't perform, is that they were right. all banging on the glass. Uh, well, because no one was down there to really know that. Like, everyone was sitting upstairs just being like, he's not doing it. Yeah, but, I mean, the way they kept cutting where Jesse was, like, they kept cutting from Jesse being, like, confused to the crowd clapping to the people pounding on the glass. Like, it, it was building it up like he was about to figure it out, and then it just didn't. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Just ends up being a total disaster, and Willie doesn't do anything. And... But he cracks one of the, the metal panels holding yeah. the glass together. Mm-hmm. And then, so, Michael Ironside decides opportunity me uh let's <laughs> opportunity me. me i think let's, that was an exact line that's that's here. exactly what he said uh if you hooked up the special microphone that you opportunity could hear, moi. That, you, that you could hear inner monologue <laughs> he was like <laughs> uh so they basically like Fake it so the tank's going to drain and just kill the whale because he has a million dollar insurance policy. that was so fucked up yeah 
And then, you know, we get to the scene where everybody knows what happens in this movie is where they, they put Willie in a gurney and then they, they put him on the back of a truck. Yeah, a small child, a petite woman, and one adult man find a way to load yeah, the got, killer whale machines. onto this thing. This is a job that probably like a hundred people would be attending well, to. No, we, if saw, we saw it earlier in the movie. Well, Willie was up in the gurney, and then and then Jesse sabotaged it. So like they can do it in the tank, like they have like a place for it. Yeah, but to put it on the truck and then start driving and sure. like that is insane. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> no problem. My truck can handle a you know <laughs> whatever. It's not even his truck. Yeah. yeah, they steal the dad's truck in yeah. order to do it and then get it stuck in the mud and then have to call the dad to bring another truck to help, to, like, pull no, the other truck no, out. No, he just brings a station wagon. Uh, oh, yeah, and he tells him where the, the thing I, is. I did yeah. appreciate this because there's a winch in the in this car. There's a winch behind the back seat, and then, like, you know that the... the uh, What's his character's name? Who? The aquarium... Randolph? 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 Randolph. Yeah, Randolph. Yeah, Randolph. Randolph is just like, is like, oh, that's the one place I didn't look. Yeah, because like, the dad's like, would, it's behind the he, seat. He would know where the winch is. <laughs> hey, that happens in real life sometimes. Absolutely. I had a pop tire once, and I was like, every car I've ever been in, the, you know, the, the, um, the jack to yeah. lift up the car is in, like, maybe two places. And it was in the one place I never looked. <laughs> so that's a real-life story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Know where your winches are. So they finally, through all sorts of hijinks, get the truck to the uh, the marina. Mm-hmm. And uh, Michael Ironside and all the white suit guys are in front of the gate. <laughs> and Michael Madsen's just like, eh, I'm just going to kill them all. And he just, like, runs. I, yeah. I, I, I do enjoy this, where they're just, like, fly, kind of flagging him down. Oh, well, two things. Um, the, the, the lackey guy, uh, I feel like had to be another sequel rights movie, but maybe not. Um, that was Richard real, right? Yeah. The guy from office space. Yep. I know he Wade. was in another sequel rights movie, but I couldn't figure it out. He must've been. He, he has like 400 credits on IMDb. But, but so he I call, couldn't get he through call, it all. He calls up Michael Ironside and he's like, he's like, oh, they took the whale and he's like, oh, fuck that. Like what was wrong? He's like, what do you mean? Like, it's fine. He's like, we don't have theft insurance on the whale. <laughs> policy only, only extends to natural death, yeah. uh, facility failure, poisoning, uh, murder, but, but not, uh, not theft. <laughs> Reckoning. Um, oh no. <laughs> Get out of the way. Uh, so yeah, Michael Madsen. It's kind of an emotional moment. It kind of works where like he rams the gate, and like he kind of like they 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 play it off pretty well. Where like should I believe what this foster kid's doing? Should I not? Should I believe these people? And like he's kind of like an instant bystander up until the point where he decides to ram the gate. <laughs> um, and like his he acts the shit out of it. Like him him making the choice is actually feels cathartic and has an emotional resonance like i was like oh fuck like he's doing it <laughs> yeah. and of course all the guys have time to get out of the way so sure. it's like whatever but yeah he drives right into the ocean to get the whale as close yeah. to the water as possible uh, <laughs> and then, yeah i love when he gets out and he's like 
oh, I fucked up my car. <laughs> Maybe this was a mistake. <laughs> It's like totally underwater. You know, maybe they can Airbnb that beautiful view that they have <laughs> That's their foster right. kid. They in. totally can. <laughs> and then we have these uh, grown men like attacking a small boy to try and get him away from sure. the whale. And then Michael Madsen punches him out. And he's like, "Don't touch my boy!" Yeah, yeah, which is good. Oh, he said he called <laughs> me oh, my, his boy. Boy. my boy. My <laughs> boy. Uh, yeah, and then um, we get big to, scene. We get to the major scene of this film. That's right. It's on. It's on the puffy VHS cover. The VHS. Yep. It's on, it's on the, the poster. It's on everything. It's it's emblazoned onto your brain. It is yeah. the it is the moment in this movie. If you remember anything, you remember this scene. What happens? Willie gets free. Free. Jumps over him in glorious, glorious CG. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. I when I was a kid, I didn't realize it was CG, and no. like watching it now, it's like it's still. Pretty good mm-hmm. for now, 1993. I mean, honestly, when I it, it's going to sound stupid, but when I got to it, uh, and this, I happened, was expecting it to be terrible. Well, I was like, you know, not, you know, I, my memory of it. I watched it when I was a kid, and a couple times when I was younger, and not really ever again. And my memory of it is not that of like, oh, that's a CG thing. No, my, no, my no, memory no. is like, this really happened. Yeah. So when you see it, and you're like. Oh, now I see the CG and the, the the magic of it is ruined a little bit for me as, as an adult. But uh, just the fact that for the longest time, you know, that I would have that memory of like that whale really jumped over that thing, even if that's a ridiculous idea, just, you know, tells that they pulled off something magical back in 1993. And um, they, they really did. Like it yeah. moves, it, it uses a lot of movie magic. It does not just rely on like, we have this CG shot. Like there is no, a no, no. lot of filmmaking yeah. going on here. Mm-hmm. And you can tell that it's the, that they knew that this was the catharsis of the movie. Well, like, and the, throughout the movie, the closer shots are all the animatronic, which also looks amazing. Like, yeah. it, um, it's really only, uh, the real whale and more of like the wide shots. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, the animatronic one is really cool too. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, so, uh, you know, Willie gets his free moniker, and uh, he is out in the ocean totally free. End of movie. Cue Michael Jackson. And the 800 number. (laughs) That's right. But let's talk a little bit about Michael Jackson. You guys like this song? I don't really understand what the River Jordan has anything to do with it, but, yeah, I mean, it's a fine Michael Jackson song. It's one of the ones that, you know, you remember because we were like, it was coming out when we were alive. Oh yeah, to, it was it was yeah. huge. It was a huge song, and it's like yeah, you know, obviously he put it out on an album afterwards. But it puts that trailer into a different context. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Then so the music video for this was just like a live performance of him cut together with the footage scene, of the movie. That yeah. scene mostly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't like an exciting music video. But. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't have an affinity for it. Mm, I think it's all right, but. Uh, you know, you guys got to listen to the interview that we have with Simon afterwards. Yes. He's, he's got some great, he's got a great story about, uh, he does about that song. For, so definitely stick around for that for sure. Shameless interview plug. That's right. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, and, and a lot of fun details about that last scene too. That's true. Ooh. That's true. He's got some good stuff. <laughs> you guys know what that means, right? Or what this means? <laughs> Oh, that one sounds like a fart. It sounds like a fart. <laughs> uh, I just think this is great. So we got to do the guess. Oh. 
another week of guess that tagline we've got vegas numbers on this one <laughs> will our contestants elis on the left hey tyler on the right happy to be here will they finally be able to pull out a win will they be inspired by the freedom that willie receives in this movie guess that tagline i will tell you right now little hint it's about friendship oh and friendships also in the tagline. <laughs> I'm just trying to tip the odds in you ever in your favor. <laughs> so why don't we get right to it right about now. Dang it! I'm just going to fade it out. Someday it'll be right. Oh, there we go. All right, here you guys go. You ready? You got your minute on the clock right now. Is it like friendship will free you? Or friendship can't be contained. Ooh, Ooh friendship you, just will set you free. You guys are not. You guys are close-ish, but these fine. friends are in the tank for each other. <laughs> <laughs> friendship will set you free. Friendship <laughs> will. Your friends will bail you out of jail. Bail. Believe in the power of friendship. Uh, You're getting close. Forever, friend. Uh, friend. The first two words are a friendship. A friendship to die for. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, that's, that's uh, a friendship of two orphans. Nope, nope. A friendship. A friendship of mammals. You'll never forget. Oh, you're so close. <laughs> a you, friendship you can't Eli, forget. Eli, no, Elis is really close. A friendship you'll always remember. No. Friendship you'll never forget. You're, you're just in the right vein. Oh no. <laughs> uh, oh. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. They couldn't do it. You were really close. It's not a friendship you would ever remember, but a friendship you could never imagine. Ah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I could imagine it. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, it makes it sound like a fantasy. It does make, it does make <laughs> it Mary out. Poppins returns. Like <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, that's all the time we have for... Oh, sorry, We're guys. never going to win. Justin's going to always do this. One of these times. No, I tried to give you a lot of hints that time. You did, you did. One of these times, you'll get it. I just know it. I just know it. Friendship you could never imagine. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie was like a huge hit, right? Yeah. It, it made like $153 million or something at uh, the yep. box office. Um, and that is family films could actually be successful. Yeah, exactly. And, the, and, and those numbers are, you know, the... Uh, 1993 numbers. So yeah, so it made a fuck ton of money. Yeah, exactly, a lot of money. And so there was like all sorts of stuff around this movie. And one of the hilarious things I think we need to talk about is that there was an animated series. <laughs> uh, there was an animated Free Willy series. It was just called Free Willy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and have you guys ever seen this or anything? I no. feel like I watched it. <laughs> you watched it? I feel like I, I watched not. it. Oh boy. Well, you can watch it on YouTube if you want. It's ridiculous and one of the best parts is that it has you know it doesn't like they didn't somehow license like the michael jackson song to use the theme song yeah or it has its own ridiculous theme song that Ooh. is just so juicy uh you gotta you gotta just listen to this tasty jam here you guys ready free willy the animated series free, love. You hold on, don't let go 
Feel free to editorialize. <laughs> I think I'm ready to fight in the Gulf War. <laughs> Wait for it. It gets good. <laughs> that nice man sang a lovely song wow. directly at Willie. Because <laughs> wow. the chorus is like, as long as you are free, Willie. He's singing right to that. He's singing uh, right to him. Right to that whale. But as soon as you're captured, I'm dead. My favorite thing about this, um, you know, I've only I've only very briefly watched like a few minutes of like one episode because it's just like I don't have time for this. Um, <laughs> but so there's all so it stars Jesse and all these other characters. But like there's in this one, there's Willie. There's also a dolphin called Einstein. Naturally. And then there's a seal, which I can't remember his name. Um, it's seal. <laughs> it's just seal. He was kissed by a rose. <laughs> but there's Jesse and all these other characters. And apparently these other characters, you know, the, the, the whale and dolphin and everything will just, you know, use normal whale sounds and stuff to uh, right. communicate to them. But when Jesse talks to him in this, in this cartoon, uh, the uh, characters talk <laughs> willie has a voice the dolphin has a voice the seal has a voice but apparently only jesse can talk to <laughs> dr doolittle situation yeah. it's jesse Do- that's who his mom was ah. <laughs> we can't have a free willie cartoon and not have him talk uh so you know that's that's just really funny. oh hey jesse <laughs> well i can swim underwater yeah um the willie is free in this as well <laughs> He's well, good. Free. Then my heart has a home. Oh, oh gosh. Well, I mean, you know, we're almost to the end here, but you know, you guys don't go anywhere because we have an amazing interview coming up uh, right now with Simon Windsor. So take a listen. Here we go. All right. Well, we have a very exciting special guest lined up for you guys right now. Uh, Tyler and I are here with the director of Free Willy, Simon Windsor. Thank you so much for being here with us, Simon. Yes, Simon. It's really fantastic to have you on. Oh, look, it's my, my pleasure. It'll be lovely to chat to you. And I was, I was telling Justin before we hopped on the phone with you that I was like, I, you know, I know we're talking about Free Willy today, but I could just talk about The Phantom and Young Indiana Jones for the next hour and a half, but I'm not going to do that to you. <laughs> <laughs> actually, funny enough, I was actually doing an episode of Young Indiana Jones, uh, and we were shooting in St. Petersburg in, in Russia, and, um, and I got a call from my agent saying, can you come to... Uh, Los Angeles urgently when you finish the shoot because they want to talk to you about Free Willy, which <laughs> they're assigned to another director and uh, Warner Brothers. But uh, they weren't happy with the way it was uh, the way it, where the pre-production was going. So uh, I was called in as a as a late replacement, and uh, lucky me because I loved the script. But they'd chosen this uh, younger director because uh, he'd won some sort of award at uh, Sundance, and uh, yeah, so I came on the project. Four weeks before we started shooting, pretty late. But um, oh wow, 
anyway, uh, it, uh, it, it all went really well. That's amazing. Yeah. Cause we were going to ask about, you know, like the casting process and everything, but yeah, if you came on that late, everyone was already, yeah, everyone was locked in there. <laughs> probably <laughs> set to go. No, 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 no actually there, there was no cast. No, that was the problem. I think that they, they called this, uh, director Seymour because uh, he wanted to, Oh, can I see some more? Can I see some more? So oh, no. um, there was nobody, there was literally nobody in place. And the first thing that happened, um, I got off the plane from, uh, I guess it was Moscow or Prague or somewhere like that into Los Angeles and um, went straight to Warner Brothers and we met uh, with uh, all the heavyweights there at about nine o'clock at night. Uh, that's how urgent it was. And um, they showed me uh, an audition tape with uh, about eight or ten kids on it. And uh, when, they, when it finished, they said, which one did you like? And I said... Uh, Jason, uh, uh, who eventually got the part, and uh, and they all looked at each other and smiled a lot. And they said, "Would you cast him?" I said, "Well, subject to me meeting with him." And uh, so we arranged for me to meet with him the next morning at 9 a.m. on the Warner Brothers lot. And uh, he and I just strolled around the lot, and I showed him a few of the great sets and things like that. And he's a lovely kid, and uh, and I was interested in having somebody that hadn't really done much before. I think mm-hmm. he's done a couple of commercials, but that's all because they're just totally aware. Of Everything that's unaware of everything that goes on around them, and uh, and uh, anyway, so after we'd uh, had about a stroll around for about an hour and a chat, and I, I uh, gave we gave him the part. <laughs> Twelve hours later, he was there. He was casting the movie. He, he was the first, he was the first one cast. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's, that's incredible! I mean, and he you get such a naturalistic performance from him in this movie, like for a lot oh, of. Oh, look, he was he was quite quite wonderful, and the thing was, with children, if you can create this little world that they can live in, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, right from uh, when he came down to Mexico City to work with Keiko, you know, the trainers would only let him deal with the whale and feed it and stuff. No one else could, you know, have her because Keiko was very friendly and uh, and uh, Jason built up a terrific relationship with Keiko and, and, and it shows on screen. Yeah, for sure. Um, I was interested, like, you know, speaking of their relationship, how, how often dis, did the actors actually get to interact directly with Keiko? I know um, there's a few scenes where it looks like, you know, it looks like uh, Jason James Richter is, you know, riding on the back of the whale. I don't know if that was uh, one of the scenes where the animatronic was used or something. I was just curious about that. And also just like on top of that, like I'm like you coming into this, you know, so late in the game, like ostensibly I assume you had not worked with a whale before, just working with animals on set and kind of dealing with kids and and the challenge. It has a lot of unique challenges, this movie, and kind of talking about all of those things. Yeah, look, I I suppose uh, a lot of the things that I'd done before had worked a lot with animals, particularly horses, and Mm -hmm. uh, it just requires great patience. But the wonderful thing about uh, large mammals, uh, they're incredible. I mean, he was... uh, he always hit his marks and uh, he, he just loved everyone being there because he loved all the attention, this cake I'm talking about. And, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, so he turned out to be probably, you know, the, 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 the least uh, problematic of, you know, what, what, <laughs> compared to what one was expecting. You know, he, he was just terrific. And even when he was, we were doing reverses off camera and he was off camera, he'd still go through all his routines. <laughs> which, uh, which is fantastic, you know, just like an actor. That's incredible. Standing off camera delivering lines. Oh yeah, it, it, it's wonderful. 
Yeah, I feel like that's one of those things. Where it's like, oh well, you'll never be able to get it. It'll never work that way, and that's just <laughs> that's that never happens. That's incredible. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and the other thing was that we did have a full size animatronic whale, and uh, and uh, even when uh, at one stage we put him in the pool with Keiko, and Keiko just wasn't interested. But he was, he literally couldn't tell the difference. Um, Walter Conley. Uh, the guy that uh, designed mm-hmm, and built mm-hmm. this was a, a brilliant guy, and uh, and it was remarkable. And even my editor Nick Brown, uh, Nick would say to me, "Now is that Keiko or is that the animatronic whale?" Because apart from a big um- umbilical cord which had all the electronic controls and stuff and wires coming out underneath him, you, you literally that was the only giveaway. And, and we just had to keep that obviously out of shot, but. Uh, but uh, so Walt did a remarkable job, you know, extraordinary. But most of the stuff in the tank in uh, Reno Ventura, where we shot uh, uh, Keiko in this tank in Mexico City, most of that is with Keiko riding on the back of the whale, obviously for reasons of safety. Uh, Jason did that on the back of the animatronic whale. Um, but um, but I'd say 90% of the scene um, at uh, at uh, until they take him out of the water towards you know, in, the, in Act 3 of the movie, um, is all done with Keiko. That's amazing. I mean, it's really impressive, uh, all of the shots you're able to get in this movie uh, with Keiko, especially, you know, considering that it's you know, it's likely that, like, a movie like this just, you know, probably couldn't be made uh, today, I don't think, with the way, like, SeaWorld has reacted to <laughs> uh, some of their orchestra yeah, shows yeah. and stuff. Uh, <laughs> uh, so it's just, like, I think it's really impressive. Yeah, we did change the way uh, you know the, the world thought about uh, you know whales in captivity. I think, and uh, and uh, even uh, you know only a couple of months ago, that free Willie Bill was introduced into Canadian Parliament. You know, mm-hmm. man, you know whales and dolphins in captivity, and uh, so we did change the way the world thinks about uh, that sort of thing. At what point in production did like speaking of that and just how much a positive impact that this movie like the thing that I've always said about this movie and and I grew up loving this movie mm-hmm. is is what a positive impact it's had on on so many things like you know you can have a movie and be like oh like did that really you know affect people and like you know that that the number at the end and the Free Willy Foundation and and all of these things that you know, are still it's still making ripples throughout the, the world today mm-hmm. at what point through production did you know that that, that you were going to put that one eight hundred number up at the end of the movie oh i think that was uh probably uh that wasn't really thought about until we had an, an extraordinary first preview one saturday morning in woodland hills uh-huh and uh and it scored uh 96 out of 100 it was just extraordinary you know the reaction to the film and the cheering and the stamping in seat and uh dick donner and i our executive producer, who's also was a, was a wonderful director, uh, was standing in the foyer afterwards, just listening to the general reaction, and um, and uh, people were coming up wanting to give us money to help save whales, and uh, it was just extraordinary. And this is a, you know, a rough cut of the film. Right. <laughs> we knew then that we had something pretty special. I, my editor kept saying along the way, "Wow, wow, wow! This is really, you know, going to be something special." And, uh, and, um, but you just never know until you play it in front of an audience. So what, uh, Warner Brothers did then, they gave us a second preview, uh, a couple of Sundays later in Sherman Oaks, I think it was. And, um, and, uh, and of course, 
the word had got out from, you know, and all the, all the agents were coming and everybody and Michael Ovitz turned up and uh, so forth because I was the CAA client and uh, uh, everyone heard how superbly well the first preview had gone. Well, the second preview went even better. I think it scored 97, which <laughs> is remarkable. That's, that's and, awesome. And the music, but then, you know, I'd been, I'd been fighting to get Basil Polidurus, so I'd worked with a lot to do the score because mm-hmm. um, I knew, you know, Basil and I'd worked together and, and, and I knew that he could do a sensational job. And But there just wasn't any money in, in the budget. But after the second preview, boy, the music budget went through the roof. And, uh, <laughs> we were able to get, get some great, great songs. And, uh, and uh, then this wonderful thing happened, Nick Donna was sitting in the, reception of his dentist waiting for a dental appointment and Michael Jackson was sitting there too and Dick started talking to him and uh, and, uh, and uh, uh, he, he said he told him about the film Free Willy and uh, and and Michael said oh you know then can we uh, do a song for it or something and that was how that all came about you know will you be there wow I did not know so it was Richard Donner's dentist that brought <laughs> River Jordan to Free Willy that's exactly. crazy yeah. <laughs> wow! Isn't that amazing. They're just both sitting waiting, you know, as one does in the dental, waiting going to the surgery. It's not a great time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I think I I was thinking back, and I, I'm pretty sure I had the Free Willy cassette on. Oh, uh, I absolutely have the cassette. Yeah, <laughs> soundtrack yeah. on cassette. Uh, that's so, great. I mean, yeah. I, I love that. God bless those people in Woodland Hills to give us the score for this movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think that one of the things to get back to Justin's question about like the the, the process. I, what I love about this movie is is how much there's there's still movie magic in it, mm-hmm. and especially in in really early CG uh, of of the jumping shot at the end. And it's used as as so much of a, a way to stitch these practical effects together, and it's still real real filmmaking. Um, and I, I think that. It's so seamless of using the actual animals, using animatronics, using CG, and it really feels like that it's one of the – I think it's something that's lost in, in, in major Hollywood movies now where there's a respect to the audience. There's a respect to the craft of, of like we're actually shooting these things. Like the camera is paramount and it's yeah. not about, well, you know, shots – you know, thirty-five through forty-three. You know the, the, that we'll just send it off to the mill, and the, you know they'll handle the post about it, and we'll see that you know in the final cut. Like it, it seems like that there's a, right. a a through line through all of this, and and it works so phenomenally well. We just rewatched it, and it holds up. Every shot in this movie still looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's an interesting story behind that because when we started the movie, that was the one moment that when I read the script, I knew if we could deliver that moment, we had a, a movie. Right. And uh, we had meeting after meeting all through the production, and because the story was down towards the back, right at the back end of the shoot, and uh, we had no idea. And that was really the first year of CGI. That was the year of mm-hmm. Jurassic Park. And, yep. And, uh, and uh, any, anyway, um, so so when we found the location, what we did, we built a, a, a model whale which was literally like on a rocket launcher under <laughs> under the uh, under that harbour. And so at high tide, you couldn't see the thing. The nose was just under the water. And that that was actually fired out of the water, but it came to a very abrupt stop, so we could do it again and again. And then from there, CGI continued that shot on until it you know, goes to the shot of the boy holding his arms up, and that was the, the animatronic one suspended on a crane going over his head, mm-hmm. and then CGI going back into the water. But oh my God, you know that was 
we had to do it, you know, critical, you know, time with the tide. And luckily, the whole week we were filming in that harbour. It was overcast, so that we could get away with it being early morning. If it had been bright sunshine, it would have been a, right. a whole different story. But, um, but um, yeah, so, you know, it took a long time for a million experts to come up with how we were going to achieve that. Yeah, and it's just such an iconic, like, beautiful mm-hmm. scene. I mean, you know, yeah, we both saw this as kids, and, uh, you know, there was, seeing that shot, there was no doubt in my mind as a kid that, like, that really happened. Yeah. <laughs> that whale jumped over, uh, and and he's free now, and it's just like, uh, yeah, it's just a really amazing scene to have, uh, you know, experienced growing up. Well, and I just think that also just has such yeah, a... Yeah, I, I, oh. I think the reason for that, too, is that you've got so much invested in the little boy and the whale and their relationship mm-hmm. <laughs> because the theme of the film is obviously family. The boy who has, hasn't, mm-hmm. has not his family and Willie who's been dragged away from his family and uh, so you've got so much invested in those characters, you're really rooting for them and of course that, that helps the cause enormously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that getting to the theme of the movie of it being family and and I think that this is a movie that doesn't talk down to kids, doesn't talk down to like uh, there's so many things where this movie has its heart in the exact right place, whether it be with foster families and and the the Inuit or Native American characters, and I, I think that there's just so much good that this movie's trying to do and understanding, and and um, I'm struggling to get to a question here, <laughs> uh, but I I think that that. <laughs> The, I guess I guess my question is, when you read that, I mean, I'm sure that a lot of that was on the page, but was there anything that, that you really resonated with, especially when you're coming on so late, that you were like, oh, like, I really, this is something that's important to me, and I want to bring it out in the story? Well, no, I, I think, as I said earlier, that it, it, I just knew that if we could deliver that moment, yeah, you know, that, that is such an emotional high, because what, I think, I think, what, what, what sends a shiver up an audience's spine and what makes the hair, you know, raise up on, uh, uh, on the back of your neck is, is when all the elements of music and sound effects and visual effects or, or, and picture and, and, um, character all combine to, 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 to give you one of those magic moments. And that's really what it's all about. Because, uh, you know, as I mentioned, you have so much invested in the characters, you know, that, that emotionally, uh, you get really involved, and then if, if those other elements, the music and sound and, and uh, words, uh, all, all you know, gel, that's when you have movie magic. And uh, and I knew that if we could deliver that, we certainly would have movie magic. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, the movie really gets a you know an opportunity to breathe and take its time to uh, to build up the relationship with. Um, you know, Jason's character and Willie. Um, and it's just such a fun sense of discovery and like learning something about a whale. And uh, I was just wondering, like, so the, was there ever any pushback from the studio about trying to make it like more action oriented or, or trying to move, you know, the movie faster at all? It's about two hours long for a family film. Nowadays you feel like. A no, lot of- no, I think um, look, the studio until they literally left us alone. It was just this little movie that, you know, Dick and, uh, and his wife, Lauren Shuladonna, were, were producing. It was low budget by their terms, 20 million bucks, you know, and um, and really it wasn't until I think the previews that Warner suddenly thought, wow, we've really got something here and uh, and uh, and um, 
Bob Daly and Terry Semmel, who were running the studios at the time, when we had our first meeting after the second preview, and there was Dick and I and Lauren and and a couple of other people, and uh, and giving the studio notes for the movie, and the meeting lasted probably oh maybe uh, maybe an hour if that. And when we walked out afterwards, Dick said to me, "See, you're a bastard." He said. My lethal weapon four meeting with those guys lasted for five hours. How can you get out now? <laughs> oh my god, uh, that's amazing. <laughs> no, they, they were very supportive, and uh, and um, you know the, the notes we did get. Uh, and I, look, I can't actually remember, but they're all pretty positive, and uh, and uh, and I know we talked a lot about you know music and what we could do to enhance the film and. Uh, yeah, it's so great that, uh, you know, <laughs> what sounds like, you know, you came in, you know, last second and and worked on this, you know, small production and it was such a big success. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's movies that come out nowadays that don't even hit that same, the same, you know, you, you guys made like 153 million uh, domestic or something. And, uh, and it's just, yeah. yeah, there's movies that come out today and don't even hit that number. So it was, right. this was like massive success. Um, you know, we... Yeah. we we talk a lot about uh, sequels on the podcast, and I was curious if you were ever – did they ever ask you to come back, uh, you know, for the second movie that they ended up making, or was there any ever any conversations? Uh, yeah, because, yeah, cause, uh, you know, contractually, you know, it's the DGA contractual obligation that you have to be offered uh, certainly the first sequel. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure after that. And, look, I decided uh, I, I'm not a uh, – Maker, a maker of, uh, of sequels, and mm-hmm. uh, decided to, to pass. And uh, I was probably also involved in something else. I can't remember what at the time, but uh, but uh, no, I just I, I passed, and uh, and uh, yeah, because I did a, a very successful miniseries called Lonesome Dove many years mm-hmm. ago, and uh, which uh, was highly successful. And again, I was asked to do a a a, a sequel, which. Uh, they call the unofficial one, which I didn't do, thank God, because it, uh, it wasn't nearly as good. And, uh, <laughs> eventually, I I did do a prequel, which was uh, only about 2006. But uh, yeah, no, uh, look, I was very happy. I thought Free Willy was a pretty hard act to follow. Oh yeah, yeah, and uh, <laughs> emotionally, and uh, although the second one was okay. Yeah, we'll be getting to that next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm just curious, you know, it's, you've had so many great like anecdotes. I'm, I'm wondering if there's any other, you know, crazy stories from set, like working with Keiko or, or anything that, you know, well, and the rest of the cast of this movie is incredible. Yeah. I mean, especially at the time of like, you know, you have, yeah, I, I, look, look, first of all, one, one lovely thing that happened, we had a, you know, a big uh, camera crane with a, a hothead on, on the end of it, mm-hmm. you know, which is basically an electronically controlled thing where it's operated you know, off a monitor by the camera operator. And uh, we had this crane set up uh, and left it um, set up o- over the tank overnight, uh, you know, for safety reasons it was out of the way and no one would sort of bump into it. Anyway, the next morning it came back and the thing was, one end was submerged because Kate had decided to have a little play with it. <laughs> <laughs> And and your producer was totally fine and did not have a heart attack that morning. <laughs> That's right. But that, I can tell you uh, one magic moment that happened. And there's, a, there's a moment in the film where 
where Jesse, you know, Jason is uh, is um, showing the owners of the, this theme park, you know, how he's trained this whale, and he puts it through all its paces to, you know, to show them what they can do for mm-hmm. this show. And uh, it's one, the whole thing finishes when Keiko swims around the tank and, and breaches and comes out of the uh, water and slides up onto the sort of platform uh, right next to Jesse. And uh, because that used to be that particular concrete, you know, edge to the tank used to be bright blue, we, Chuck Rose, a production designer, you know, we, we changed the colour to uh, a dark grey and uh, and I think Willie wasn't quite used to it, you know, Keiko. And um, anyway, on the day we've got, you know, four cameras set up and uh, we cannot get, you know, and I've, and I've seen this him do it a number of times in, you know, rehearsals and things, you know, in the previous, uh, you know, week or so. Um, the trainers could not get uh, Willie to do this. So I, I, you know, I said to them, well, maybe can we get... Um, can we get Jason and see if he can get give him the signal and get him to do it? And would you believe, you know, Jason gave him the signal around the tank and he yelled for the horse for the um, whale to jump out of the tank, Keiko, and out he came and slid right up next to him. And when you see the, the emotion on all the cast, on all the Schellenberg and Laurie Petty and, and Jason, that is absolutely real because oh the whole crew was in tears, you know. It was so moving because this is something that he... Keiko obviously trusted Jason, you know, Jason so much and, uh, and, uh, and did this thing that the trainers just couldn't convince him to do, you know. That's incredible. Um, yeah. Some, sometimes magic moments, yeah, sometimes magic moments like that happen. And there was another time when we're shooting, you know, the underwater rescue when Jesse falls in the pool and gets rescued by Keiko at the bottom of the pool. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, Pete Romano, our underwater cameraman, he actually slipped and fell and broke his leg oh, no. on, on one of the gantries uh, around the tank. And uh, uh, and so another uh, standby under, underwater cameraman went down. But, you know, the whale was could sense that there was something wrong and would not do what was required that particular night. A couple of days later, uh, we came back and... Um, we're able to shoot it totally. But it's interesting that Keiko picked up the bad vibes, you know, mm-hmm. that somebody had been hurt. Right. And, uh, although, you know, Pete was back on set in about four weeks' time, still doing underwater stuff. That's... We shot a lot of underwater stuff at the very end of the shoot, too. But, uh, yeah. That's so amazing. Yeah, so that, those magic moments sometimes happen, you know. Yeah. yeah, it's like, yeah, we were talking about movie magic, and it's like, oh, no, like, that's actually something that was magical that happened, that yeah. no one had to fake. Real there was life. no CG. I'm curious, like, I, I think that uh, uh, that that we're, you know, uh, kind of reaching the end of our, our questions, and I'm I'm a little bit curious about what you've, how you feel about the, the legacy of this movie. Like, as we just said, that there's, you know, legislation in Canadian Parliament passing now uh, that still relates back to the work you guys did you know, in the early 90s. And mm-hmm. I think that this movie is just a net positive <laughs> out in the universe. And I, I, I imagine that it's one of those things that's almost like a child where it just, it, it, the, it goes out into the world and just keeps doing things. And you're just kind of like, wow, like I can't believe that it's still out there and still affecting Yeah, people. no, it is, it is, it is remarkable, remarkable and a bit humbling because, 
you know, it takes a lot of people to make a movie and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the director is the one that seems to be, is at the top of the pyramid, but, you know, he relies on a lot of good people around him. Uh, you know, every corner of the globe, the, the one project people ask me about more than anything is Free Willy. I was, I'm a polo player and I was in playing polo in Argentina uh, last October and I'm like, God, the, you know, the attention that when they found out that I'd done Free Willy, oh, you know, you please... <laughs> You must use my good horse, and you know this. <laughs> and uh, and Free Willy is amazing, and they all have to get the photo taken to the director of Free Willy. You know, so it, it obviously has had a big impact, you know, worldwide. And I, I find it, well, of course, I'm proud, but it's also humbling, you know, because the power of movies when you know they hit the right chord, that's that that can be what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Uh, I'm just getting you know your words there, getting me a little choked up about the power <laughs> of movies. Uh, uh, it's you know it's like this is why we do the podcast. We love movies, it's absolutely. We so see so many movies, and um, I think we're about you know towards the end of our time here. Um, and I just wanted to say thank you so much, Simon, for being here uh, to talk with Tal and I, and for our listeners. Uh, we really appreciate your time a lot. Yeah, absolutely. No, don't be silly. Any any time, happy to help you guys out, and uh, and uh, I hope that I hope it goes well, please. Yeah, is there anything um, that you're currently working on now, or uh, anywhere where you know people can check out your any any <laughs> polo matches people can go cheer That's, you on? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's actually, it's actually polo season. Would you believe finished in uh, at the end of April, and uh, and I actually retired from from the game because of getting up there in years and it's pretty dangerous sport. I'm just going to umpire this year, which you still have to do on a horse, but uh-huh. it's a lot safer than being in the thick of it. But mm-hmm. I retired on a good note and uh, very happy that my handicap went up, which is what happens in polo, <laughs> the better you get. Well, congratulations on that. I've watched my fair share of polo and that sport is <laughs> amazing and horrifying. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, the one thing about it is that, you know, I've been riding ponies or horses all my life but um, when when the when you first hit a polo ball at the full gallop and it goes you know 100 meters boy oh boy you are addicted you know mm-hmm. it is totally addictive and uh, and but you are totally you're only as good as the horse you're on and i was lucky i had a really good string of ponies and uh, and uh you know there you go Awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Well, uh, yeah, thank, thank you so much again, Simon, for your time. Uh, we really appreciate it. No worries. Uh, thanks, Tyler, and thanks, Justin. Uh, I, uh, I hope it goes well for you. And uh, any time, I'm happy to go. Of course. Oh, <laughs> truly appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay. See you later. Bye. All right, bye. bye. Oh man, so cool to have Simon on. That was fantastic. It was amazing. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Thank you again, Simon, for being here. Uh, I hope everyone really enjoyed that interview. It was fun uh, recording that. I believe we're coming to that time where we rate these movies. Mm-hmm. I think so. Does anybody have a rating? I feel like you got to do something about the jump. Oh boy. Uh, How many? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, how many dike vaulting is, whales? No. <laughs> what? That's what it is. I know. Uh, I I think I think that uh, this is uh, how many rocket powered orcas <laughs> would you give the first Free Willy movie that has a home in our hearts? Mm, 
I, uh, you know, maybe I should reconsider, but I originally gave it six rocket-powered orcas. Wow, that's low. Yeah, uh, but it might have been because I was, like, you know, watching it with my parents and was kind of preoccupied at the moment I was watching the movie. But uh, I thought it was enjoyable. Um, uh, You know... It it does, you know, I like that the movie takes its time. It, it's about two hours long. Um, for a family movie, that's kind of a little bit long yeah. on the longer side. Um, but I like that it really takes its time to build up the relationships. But um, my mind is so focused on this, like, final scene and this final moment uh-huh. with Willie uh, jumping over and, and becoming free that, like, I was just so focused on that. And, like, some of the other scenes, I was a little bit like, Okay, can we get to the like big moment where he escapes and becomes free? I just want to see that. Um, but yeah, so then I gave it a six rocket-powered orcas. Wow. Okay. Um, this is like so classic '90s family film, and like there wasn't really anything throughout the whole movie that I was like, "This is bullshit." Like, so I guess after <laughs> yeah. the Meatballs series, I'm just like, "Oh, a nice movie that didn't enrage me at all." Like, so. I will give it eight rocket-powered orcas because it's just, like, so classic. And I really, really like the music. Like, I had kind of mm-hmm. forgotten about that that uh, that hook, but it's really catchy mm-hmm. and nice. Um, I have a complicated relationship with this series because my middle name is Keiko. And when you're in elementary school, like, you'll pretty much just do anything in the world to abo- avoid being called fat. I don't know if you guys experienced this, but... I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I was just terrified that like people would find out this connection and start calling me like whale fat jokes you know so um i don't know i'm like sort of bitter because it made me like not be as proud of my middle name as i should have been because my grandmother's name and i love it and it's a cool name but like this thing like just because if you if people find out that's your middle name that's the only thing they think of because that's the only like uh famous Thing with this name it's right. like i never wore i didn't wear jeans until after college because my mom bought me husky jeans once oh. I, was just like, no, I don't want to wear the husky jeans they're for dogs <laughs> i didn't wear jeans till like middle school because i thought they make you have like a line in your stomach so i was like only leggings or yeah. like basketball shorts like this. no husky pants yeah. <laughs> yeah. anyways anyway. body issues but no, it's a very nice movie. Uh, I just always like ugh, like cringe when I hear about it. So uh, I was also going to give it eight. Uh, I think that it is really a quality family film that uh, that doesn't talk down to kids. Uh, and I think that a lot of the visual effects are. I, I think that the whale looks great. I think that the, the, the way, real whale looks great. The real the real whale know, looks great, and the way that, that they, <laughs> they cut it together looks like it, it. The whale has so much personality, and you're dealing with two of the hardest things. You got kids and animals, mm-hmm. uh, and there is not a beat in this movie where it feels forced or bad. Um, and I think that that's really hard to do. And I think that the sentimentality actually holds up in a way that I was actually shocked rewatching it of, of like, wow, this is actually really solid. Um, and it makes sense why this resonated in me when I was so young. Uh, so yeah, eight rocket power Oracle whales. Mm-hmm. Great. Great. And if you enjoy content like that, <laughs> please rate and review us on Apple podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify, or just listen and subscribe. Uh, anything that you can do, we really appreciate it. Thanks.
Yeah, and uh, please email us and reach out to us on social media at Sequel Rights. Our email is sequelrights at gmail.com. And uh, next episode, I believe, is a very special, very special episode. Mm-hmm. And why is that, you guys? We're really excited about this. We're hitting the century mark. Yes. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. We're hitting 100 One. episodes. Zero. Zero. What? Can you believe this? Just over two years and 100 episodes, which is crazy. Cray cray. Uh, we've never been forced to miss a week for anything other than holidays. I mean, mm-hmm. we've been going for a long time. And this is, uh, I mean, I, I'd never, you know, when we started, I didn't think we were going to hit 100 episodes. No, me neither. And we haven't yet. It's what the heck week. is wrong with you guys? I had hope. Okay, he was new all along. <laughs> hey, we were just starting it uh, for fun. But uh, right, yeah, right. thanks to all our listeners, we are still here. And next week, we get to talk about Free Willy 2, The Adventure Home. And we'll also be doing a bunch of memories from our 100 episodes. Uh, and we're looking for your opinions. So if you have any particularly favorite moments that you remember a favorite interview a favorite episode a favorite joke whatever it is um reach out to us like we said on email or social media and let us know and we may feature uh your thoughts in the episode mm-hmm. all right so yeah we'll uh we'll see everybody next week when we send willie to the home next whale wednesday oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Hold me like a river Jordan, and I will then say to thee, you are my friend. Carry me like you are my brother. Love me like a mother Will you be there? Fight till the end